Hi, I'm Ian Richardson. Welcome to the Tech Talks podcast from the Iceway and Seatrade Cruise. Each episode looks at technology and innovation in the cruise industry as I host Q&A sessions with tech leaders and innovators who are all working diligently to create solutions that will benefit cruise in a variety of different ways. As co-founder and CEO of the Iceway ecosystem of companies, I myself are very excited to be involved in new technology projects on a regular basis. Many of these are specifically aimed at helping improve the cruise industry. There's a lot of great work and effort going into new and cutting edge technology solutions in the cruise industry as a whole. The objectives are far reaching, from enhancing the onboard experience for guests and crew, to increasing the overall efficiencies both at sea and in port or destination. A lot of us are working hard to reduce wastage and to implement more sustainable practices, processes and features. The Tech Talks podcast will put a spotlight on these solutions and will include never-before-seen information and facts about them, whilst also providing an exclusive platform to some of the creative minds who are behind them. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Sea Trade Cruise Talks podcast. I'm Ian Richardson, the CEO and co-founder of the Iceway and Sea Trade Global's technology ambassador. Okay, to give you all an idea about what we're going to be discussing today, I'm going to start off by making two key statements. Every minute, the equivalent of one garbage truck of plastic is dumped into our ocean. Two billion people in coastal regions worldwide don't have access to proper waste management. That's right. Today, we're going to be tackling the global issue of plastic pollution in our beautiful oceans, which is one of the most important issues on the cruise industry agenda today. So to talk us through it, I'm with Joel Tash, who's the CEO of CleanHub a technology company who firmly believe that, and I quote, plastic pollution is solved on land and not at sea. Welcome, Joel. It's great to have you with us. Thank you very much for for having us. So I think I just want to start firstly by talking about CleanHub. So you began life as a technology company, I believe. What was it that drove CleanHub's evolution into becoming a champion of sustainability? We always set out with the goal of a circular economy. What the answer would be, we didn't know back then when we first started, but I used to work in in tech before. I used to work for a fleet management company, not of nice big boats, but of uh, company cars. Uh, So it wasn't super exciting, but I was always working in, in software and in tech. And the thing that I love about tech is that it has the potential to scale or especially about software. I think for such a massive problem, which is such a problem at scale, you also need solutions that work at scale. So we banked on technology from the get-go, and the answer to the problem emerged over the time of of working on circular economy, of working on plastic pollution. Okay. And just coming back to the actual root cause or the problem, why is plastic so much of an issue in our oceans? Because obviously everybody knows It is, it's in the headlines, but why exactly in your terms? Yeah, there's multiple issues that we have. It's like, A, obviously it harms the wildlife and plastic, when it comes from land, it goes into one of the most productive zones of the ocean, which is the one that's close to to the shore where the majority Mm -hmm. of life is. And then by nature, it is very durable. So it doesn't really compost, Mm. but it gets brittle and it falls apart into small micro pieces. And then it's being ingested by multiple different 
animals in, in the marine ecosystem. And ultimately, if protein from the sea is part of your meal plan, you will also ingest microplastic particles. Now, it's not yet 100% clear what kind of damage it produces in our bodies, mm. but it's been proven that plastic was found in our blood, in placentas, mm. in newborns. So it's already made its way into ourselves. And another quite boring thing that we see is um, first studies coming out that plastic is basically inhibiting the, the carbon pump effect of the ocean. So the oceans can't sequester mm. carbon as well as they used to because the microplastic inhibits that process. So we need the ocean if we want to tackle climate change and we need healthy oceans to do that. And we have very clear evidence by now already that plastic is making the ocean very unhealthy, including us. Yeah. Yeah, because I think people forget that it's not just about the where the plastic ends up and it could be re-ingested by humans, but it's more about the, or it's just as important as the actual effect of climate change because the oceans are very important, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, and where does all this plastic come from? In the end, from, from households, from, from the consumers. Yeah. And if we want to go one step further back, obviously from the brands that distribute it, right? That want to reach yeah. certain target markets to distribute their product. And if we look at the numbers, the majority of plastic enters the oceans in Asia. Now it's very easy to put our finger then on Asia and blame them. But mm. I think this is a bit too short-sighted. What brands and companies observed is Asia is a growing market. We need to enter that market. We need to sell our products there. And they forgot one point, and that is that in the major emerging economies, there are no working waste management systems. So mm. the people consume... And then there's nobody that's picking up the trash. So the only option that they literally have is to dispose of it in nature. In many cases, they burn it under the open sky, which is horrible for the climate and personal health, especially with the carcinogenics that, that come from open burning. Or if they live close to the ocean, they dispose of it in the ocean or in rivers. We started a project in uh, North Sulawesi, and there was a sign next to the river that literally said, please dump the plastic in the river, not next to it, because then it's gone, right? Mm. So the, the problem starts on land, and this is why we also say this is where it's being solved. And majority of plastics that enters the oceans comes from Asia. It's not them to blame, but... Yeah, because yeah. you did a lot... I was, uh, I was looking at your website, and it, you, you went out and did an awful lot of research into, into these sorts of places to actually find out what's going on on the ground, right? Exactly. That was before a lot of good studies came out. So we had to do a lot of legwork and I spent in total more than six months in, in Asia, Sri Lanka, India, Indonesia, and met the locals, met the local people working in waste management, met local recycling companies, landfill companies to really explore where the problem sits. And in the end, it's mostly an economic problem because as the term yeah. says, it's waste. There's no value on it. Nobody really wants to own it. And our approach now is to say, okay, let's give waste a value that people also see an economic sense in collecting it, not just a moral obligation, right? Yeah. And the actual logistics of on-the-ground operations, that is, I guess, you're working with local partners yeah, exactly. to, to do that. Uh, and you're, you're providing the tech 
really to track and identify and do all all the asset management and look at all the data behind exactly. it. In the end, we're we're an active platform. That means we connect yeah. brands that feel or that also believe that there's a responsibility of doing business. So they finance the waste collection in areas where there's currently none. On the other side of the platform, we have local waste management companies who use our technology to collect evidence that they are really collecting the waste, who are connecting the households to waste collection and oftentimes for the first time. And we play that evidence back to the brands that are sponsoring the system so they can then also go back to their consumers and tell, look, we are engaging and here's the evidence that we're not just talking through marketing campaigns, but there's actual impact on the ground, right? That's the primary effect of our platform. The secondary effect is that when we call up a brand and say, it's like, hey, are you interested in this program? Are you interested in compensating for the plastic that you produce? It's often the first time that they really think about what is my actual plastic footprint? How much plastic am I producing? And that starts a change process within the company. And then they put a price on it, which accelerates the change process because suddenly plastic is not that super cheap product anymore that you can wrap your, your products around, but there's a higher price on it, right? And then we can do cap or let capitalism do its charm and yeah. uh, work through the cost optimization strategies. And suddenly the companies produce also less plastic. Right. And are you, in terms of the, the market that you're targeting, I guess it's all companies, right? Because all companies eventually use plastic and all households do. Is it mainly companies that are uh, utilizing a lot of plastic either in packaging? Is that your main market? This is where we want to go. Mm. When we first set out, we obviously went to the top 20 uh, plastic producers and said, this is our idea. And they came back with four major objections where they said, it's like, there's no infrastructure. How do you want to do this? If there's infrastructure, working conditions are bad. Like, this is not a supply chain that we want to get behind. It's very opaque waste management. It's like, how do we know that you use the money in the way that it is intended. And lastly, this is not scalable. Like we produce millions of tons in some cases of plastic pollution. How do you want to get to these volumes? And we took these four objections, which are all correct, and went back and um, started working. But we started working with smaller companies that were already willing to take that leap of faith basically with us and build a system and kickstart this entire movement a bit like a grass root movement, right? That says like, okay, yes. we know not everything's perfect yet, um, but let's get started. So the majority of our customers today are not actively selling into the countries where we collect the waste, but they are the ones that says like, we know that things have to change and this is why we support you, right? But now we solved for a lot of the objections. We found a scalable way. It's very transparent through, through our track and trace technology. All our partners are audited against the highest social standards regularly. And the infrastructure comes from itself, right? As soon as you start yes. to waste a value, people say, okay, how can I then be more efficient? How, what kind of infrastructure do I need to fulfill these, these job specs? And this is the change that we now see in the market. Right. Uh, so maybe just for the benefit of the audience, maybe tell us, exactly what, what the process is in terms of, if I, if I was to look at you as a company, how is it reducing plastic? You know, you talked about managing the collection and talking to the local communities and using partners. Maybe you could just step us through the process of how that looks. Let's take the, the view of, let's say, a cruise company 
And let's assume that we say for every passenger that you take on board, you pledge to collect 10 kilograms of plastic waste. Right. That's something that would then also be communicated to the passenger. We're, we're taking care of the oceans. And we would then calculate how much plastic that would be in total and come up with a price to reflect that. And we would lock that contract in on our platform. We would say, okay, Seacruise company X wants to collect 10,000 tons of plastic waste. And we have a network of in total eight collection companies around the world in four countries, India, Indonesia, Cambodia, Tanzania. And we would split these 10,000 tons between them. So we're bringing demand into the market to collect 10,000 tons. Right. And they then start the collection process. So we would, in that case, connect probably around 10,000 new households, maybe a bit more that didn't have waste management before, because now we can pay for the operational cost of, of their waste collection. Yeah? Right. In the same time, they also get trained on, on our technology. Um, so how to track and trace the waste. It starts with a QR code on the doorstep of the houses where we collect the waste from. And when they do their collection round, they always check in. They register how much waste is being taken out of the um, household. Then all that material is brought to a sorting center mm -hmm. where we separate the recyclable waste from the non-recyclable waste. And whatever can go into recycling is being sold into recycling. And this is the revenue of the waste management center. And whatever cannot be recycled is then turned into fuel for, for example, the, the cement industry. We also track that piece all the way into disposal to make sure that it doesn't end up in the ocean again or in the environment again. And in that moment that we know the material is being taken care of, we create a certificate that, for example, says 10 tons of plastic waste have been collected and removed. And this is then accounted against the 10,000 ton contract. And then we do it over and over again, rinse and repeat. Right. But we brought demand for this environmental service into the market, right? Right. And, and I guess the way your platform comes into it is the, is the ability to track and yeah. trace effectively the process all the exactly. way along. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's quick or people are quick to then say, okay, this is greenwashing. Mm. And this is exactly the part where we counter. So greenwashing is if you make environmental claims that are not true. And in that case, the data that we collect verifies that it is true, that really something happens. Mm. And you, you have, a, I, I did see something, you have an anti-greenwashing guarantee. Is that correct? Yeah, that is two pieces, basically. A, it's the track and trace that we can evidence your claim. So if you say we collect 10 kilogram per passenger, we can evidence that 10 kilogram are actually being collected and we have the full data set for it. This is also ISO verified, mm -hmm. so third-party verified. And the second piece is that we put the value against the waste that would usually not be collected in areas where it would not be collected. So we can guarantee additionality. Um, we can guarantee that with every dollar spent, we can actually go into areas where waste would usually not be collected and also collect waste that usually would not be collected. And these are the two core important pieces of the anti-greenwashing guarantee. What's been the reaction to CleanHub, to the cruise industry? or the cruise lines and the cruise companies in general? Frankly, we didn't speak to too many yet. Right. Even though it's a very interesting group, I would say. We have success in the general travel retail. Yeah. Brands like Cabot with the travel comfort accessoires, our customers, or Grammy from EnviroPoint mm -hmm. that helps wrap the luggage with a 
completely brand new material. And we see that it, that this is the the target group where it also resonates, right? Because it's so mm -hmm. close to the to the business's core. And again, I think there's a there's a responsibility, not just a moral responsibility, but also an economic responsibility, because nobody wants to go to trash ocean, right? And and take it no. and you get to the port and it looks horrible and pictures that are being taken as all of plastic pollution. We we travel because we want to enjoy nature and it's mm. very difficult to enjoy a polluted ocean. Yeah, and the cruise lines, a lot of the cruise lines have, you know, started their own, some of their own initiatives. You know, there's, there's the cleanups that they organize and that kind of things where they're, they're trying to clean up the beaches yeah. uh, and they put a lot of investment into that. And I think it needs to be a bit more systemic because mm. cleanup looks great on social media, right? There's mm. no no doubt around that. And I think if you're not from the industry, it might also be the the thing that people think is the most effective thing. But If we think further and say, like, let's not get the waste to the beach in the first place. Let's make sure that waste never enters the environment. Mm. It's the more impactful and it's also the cheaper way of doing it, right? Because yeah. it takes forever to pick up every single item of plastic on the beach, especially if and, you're talking and about And you're only picking up the items that are on the beach, exactly, <laughs> not yeah. the ones that are yeah. in the ocean. Yeah. yeah, not the ones that are in the ocean, not the ones that are en route to the ocean. Yeah, It's, it's highly ineffective. And it's great for publicity, but if we want to change something, we have to bring waste management systems like we know them in, in Europe, like we know them in the US, mm. slightly better than the ones that we have in Europe and slightly better than we have in the US. But that's how we have to think about it. Okay. And you mentioned, I think, that you're, you've got a very sort of strong presence in places like Cambodia, India, Indonesia. Are there any parts of the world where you'd like to have more of a local presence so your coverage can have more impact? Currently, we are very focused on India and, and Indonesia. And mm. these two markets alone are 1.6 billion people, right? It's like if yeah. you could serve all them, they would already be fantastic. But if I could choose, I would be in every coastal village, town, city around the globe because this is where we have to build the infrastructure because this is where waste is at the highest threat of entering the ocean. And I want to make one point very clear We could be in all these areas, but again, it goes back to the fact that this is an economic problem. If we get the entire industry behind it and the industry says, yes, we will pay for the waste that we produce, we can afford to build these waste collection systems in all these cases. So it's not just about what we want as cleanup, but also about what, what can we afford, right? Yes. And I think this is the point that is very dear to my heart. If companies produce externalities, there is an obligation to take responsibility for it. And if this is being done, we can build these systems and we can protect the environment. Again, not just from an ecologic viewpoint, but this is also the future of the industry, right? Yeah, absolutely. So let's just have a look at the, the sort of future. Are there any new solutions that you're, you're working on at the moment? I guess tech is, is continuously evolving. How are you evolving the platform at the moment? In the general topic of plastic pollution, we think a lot in, in downstream solutions. So everything that happens after the consumer, collection, recycling, all these things. And then there's upstream solutions. So what can we do in the supply chains um, that helps us bring in less waste in general? And we are currently looking at building out more of a solution center also where brands can then go and see like, 
what is the latest in packaging? What are the latest trends in packaging? What kind of new materials are out there? How can I actively reduce also the, the usage within my supply chains? That's the one piece. And the other piece where these things all come together is that we're also looking into how can we bring the recycled plastic from our collection networks back into the hands of the brands that already support us to increase the usage of recycled content. Because I think this is very important in plastic or in resource use in general. Mm. It's not about getting to a net zero necessarily, like it is the case in carbon, but the goal is circularity. If we can close the carbon loop, there's very little negative things to say about plastic if it continues to circulate, right? Yeah. If you can use it again and again and again yes. without producing waste. If it's a technologically closed loop, obviously you have carbon emissions along the chain for transportation, recycling, production, etc. Yeah. But these can then be, be mitigated via different technologies, right? But yeah. the goal is no leakage, full circularity, and then we can also continue using plastic. Right. Yeah, because that's, I think that's the problem is, is well, for the where the source is of the plastic, yeah. it's, it is a very versatile and cheap material yeah, to use as packaging. Uh, you know, it's, it's Frankly, it's difficult. a fantastic material, else it yeah. would not be used at the scale that it is being used, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but exactly. We have to, again, take care of the downside effects of these things too. This is where we have to come together. But, yeah, but it's interesting that you're working upstream now and going more up, looking at the source. Um, so what are your objectives for the next five years as a company, but then also in the cruise industry specifically? I think objective number one is land the first deal in the cruise industry. So if you're listening and you want to get behind it, do reach out. And then the, the further objectives is mainly scaling up volumes under management. So volume collected, plastic waste volume collected. Um, this is the number one thing that we are after. And in total, we have this bigger goal of preventing 50% of new ocean plastic. That would mean that until 2040, we need to have a, at around 20 million tons of mismanaged plastic under contract. So waste from right. areas where without our system, there would be no collection. And this is obviously gigantic. And for that to reach, we need to get every industry that has something to do with the topic behind us. So over the next five years, ideally it becomes a standard in cruise companies that they know exactly how much plastic they have on the ships with them and also make sure that for exactly that amount of plastic, ideally twice the amount they collect. Because if we only collect what we produce, then we stagnate, then we are at a flat line. If we want to reverse the trend, we have to collect more. Mm. And that would, be, that would be the goal. I guess that leads me on to the last question, which is, do you think there can be a point at any point in the future where there's no longer any plastic waste in the ocean? I think what we already produced will remain in there forever. There's a couple of companies that are doing an amazing job, like the ocean cleanup, pulling it out of the ocean. The problem is a lot of the plastic sinks and yep. we were able to to detect plastic at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. So It's very, yeah, and it's down there. And like you say, it, it, it just breaks down into smaller and smaller pieces. And at some point it just can't be salvaged it can't be got out but i'm i'm very confident that we can reverse the trend and that's i think the the important piece i think there's always going to be that one person 
that drops the bottle overboard, or maybe you drop something and the wind picks it up and, and it goes back into the sea. But we know that waste management works. We know how yes. waste management is supposed to work. And if we bring it everywhere, we can absolutely and drastically reduce the input of, of plastic into the oceans. So I'm very confident. Good. I like that. Well, I mean, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Joel, and I really wish Clean Hub every success in achieving your efforts of cleaning up our oceans and the plastic in them, because it has a direct impact in uh, the future of our beloved cruise industry. So thanks very much for joining us. I certainly hope our audience listening in have found this educational, because I certainly have. So look out for more Sea Trade Cruise Talks coming very soon. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Tech Talks from the Iceway and Sea Trade Cruise. I hope you took something from it and I very much look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm.